Hello, and welcome back to the North Georgia Blue Podcast, produced and distributed by the Fannin County, Georgia Democratic Party. I'm your host, Meryl Clark, and we're getting into some good trouble today with our guest, Raphael Baker, Democratic candidate for Georgia Insurance Commissioner. Welcome to the show, Raphael. We're happy to have you with us today. Hi, Meryl. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it's an honor to be on what's voted as the best Democratic podcast in Georgia. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. And I will add, since you plugged us and we appreciate it, I will add that that's an organic rating. That is not something that we bought. So thank you very much for that. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, let's let our listeners know a little bit about you. Raphael is an award-winning entrepreneur author, philanthropist, mentor, and family man. He began his insurance career as a front desk receptionist at a small insurance agency. He received his insurance licenses and subsequently delved into sales. His ambition led him to open his own insurance agency, and he has proudly served Georgians in this capacity for six years. Over the last five years, Raphael has held a leadership position with a major insurance carrier, and he is responsible for recruiting, hiring, mentoring, developing, and coaching budding insurance agency owners. He has also been in the insurance industry continuously for nearly two decades. As an industry expert with a heart for service and a passion for people, he decided to run for insurance commissioner. If elected, he will become the first African-American in the state of Georgia to hold this position, but he promises he won't be the last. And boy, oh boy, I know that's true. (laughs) I know you won't be the last. Oh yeah, absolutely not. Let's dive right into the issues. You state on your website that you wish to lower car insurance premiums. Auto insurance rates are out of control. I know this because I just switched insurances myself for home and auto because they just kept going up and up and up every year. So tell me, how would you accomplish this goal as insurance commissioner? Well, there are several ways to do that. But one of the ways to do that, a lot of these insurance companies, they put everyone into the same risk category. So the way insurance work, insurance is kind of like a risk pool. And typically, the best way to do this is to separate the good risk versus the bad risk. So those are the drivers with the tickets and the accidents versus the drivers that are good drivers. And unfortunately, a lot of these companies put everybody into that same pool. So what happens is when you have those bad drivers or those with poor driving records into the same pool as those with the good records, everyone suffers those rate increases. So as insurance commissioner, everyone that files for rate increases, each of the carriers, they have to go through the insurance commissioner's office. One of the things I want to ensure is that proper segmentation takes place. Good drivers should not be penalized along with bad drivers. Now, of course, we know we're dealing with inflation. You know that the cost of even a used car has gone up astronomically, sometimes even outpacing new cars. So there are going to be some increases, but good drivers should not have 
the same impact as those with poor driving records. I completely agree. And I do feel like that personally, we were being penalized. We have an impeccable driving record, my husband and I, and yet we're being penalized because of the bad drivers or the uninsured drivers. And that's not fair. Is there anything the current Republican insurance commissioner is doing to try to bring these costs down or no? Well, unfortunately, I can't really say that he's doing anything, you know, since he was appointed. Remember, he wasn't elected, but since he was appointed, he's kind of I call him Casper because he has been a ghost. (laughs) He has been a ghost. If you look on his website and you see the astronomical amount of complaints that have gone unanswered is terrible. But I mean, I understand why he does not have the background or the experience to actually hold this position. No, he doesn't. And he's certainly not qualified to hold the position. And I agree with you there, which is unfortunate. But he was appointed by Republicans. As we know, Republicans are in charge of the majority of statewide offices, if not all. And I do believe that nothing is going to change until a Democrat gets into that office. Oh, exactly. You're welcome. And with with the Republicans, you know, cronyism is a real thing. Yes, it is. Cronyism is a real thing. And especially when Republicans are appointed, they tend to appoint those who do favors for the Republican Party as well. And I would also say that the current insurance commissioner is beholden to large companies and insurance corporations, which is part of the, the problem, correct? Agreed. Totally agreed. So additionally, you wish to ensure equity in car insurance rates. Black people and people of color pay more than non-people of color for car insurance. Why do they get charged more? And how would you go about ensuring equity for all people, regardless of color? So if you go back several, several years ago, there was something called redlining. So they actually would draw red lines on maps so that communities of people of color would pay more. So now it's a little sneakier and it is a dirty little industry secret that uh, Black people and people of color pay more, especially for car insurance, than their white counterparts. And so what happens is insurance carriers are allowed to rate drivers based on things that have nothing to do with their driving records. So socioeconomic factors such as marital status, such as home ownership, such as the zip codes, you know, they are charging because of that. So as insurance commissioner, there are several things that I plan to do. So the National Association of Insurance Commissioners a couple of years ago, they began a study nationally on this inequity. Well, that was two years ago, and it doesn't take that long to study something that is pretty obvious. So as insurance commissioner, I will be joining that association. And time is up for research. Time is up for execution. So we're going to have a meeting of the minds, and we're going to come up with some real solutions. And one of those solutions is to get rid of these things that have nothing to do with driving records. Uh, another thing is credit score. 
Now, we know we are in a pandemic, and unfortunately, so many people have been adversely impacted because of that. So your credit score is a big factor when it comes to your insurance rates. So I, you know, I'm going to fight to remove those things that have nothing to do with your driving history. That would be wonderful. And I would add that redlining in you're referring to mortgages. Uh, that's how people, most people know about redlining is because of mortgage rates as well. And how black people and other people of color, black and brown people have been locked out of that process. So how is this legal? Raphael, how is this still legal that this type of blatant discrimination is taking place? Well, just it it is blatant to us, but, you know, they they hide it in logarithms. They have the actuaries, you know, so they they have the data that say, hey, these groups, these groups cause more accidents. They have more tickets and it is written into our laws. So that's why it really is important to elect. Democrats up and down the ticket because we need our legislators, we need our lawmakers to step in as well. But as insurance commissioner, guess what? I'm going to stay in their ears. I'm going to talk. I'm going to knock on doors. I'm going to cajole. Anything that I have to do, I am not going to be Casper like the current insurance commissioner. This is something I'm very passionate about. And under my administration, this will change. That would be tremendous. And I would add that Casper covers a myriad of levels when you use that name. (laughs) And I agree with you completely, 100%. So would you be able to work with the individual insurance companies to make this happen? I mean, how would you handle the pushback from the insurance companies? You know, that's going to happen, right? Right. There's definitely going to be some pushback But I know from being an industry insider, there are a lot of good people. And a lot of them really don't know. You know, I'm all for profit. I'm a business owner. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when we bring about this equity, they can still be profitable. So I'm going to use these industry connections, these contacts to hold these meetings. And, hey, everybody wants good PR. None of these companies want to be seen as blatantly racist. None of them. Mm-hmm. So we will have meetings. Hey, we can make them public, invite the press. They all want to look good. They all want to look good. And we're going to have these conversations, but I'm absolutely going to use my industry relationships to have these meetings. That would be a tremendous leverage, I think, for you within the office. So what else does the insurance commissioner do other than set insurance rates that they should be doing or are not doing currently that you believe should be done? One of the issues, of course, is healthcare. So, you know, that goes under the insurance umbrella. Now, I have I I really want to know why Georgia is still not participating in the expanded Medicaid and Affordable Care Act. And why do you suppose that's the case? Well, I feel like, you know, the current governor, the legislators and the Casper, I think they want Georgia to be number one, you know, when it comes to people with no health care. I mean, according to the latest statistics in 2022 that were gathered by the Kaiser Family Foundation, Georgia has 1,395,000, 1,300, well, excuse me. Oh, I'm, I'm just like, so 
razzled and dazzled by this is a million, a million, 395,000 citizens without health care. Oh, my goodness. So that's at least at least 15.9% don't have health coverage. Mm-hmm. That's a disgrace it is. in a civilized is. society. But even beyond that, there are several Georgians who are either at the poverty line or right above that don't qualify for Medicaid. Right now, you have to either be disabled or have children. Again, we're in a pandemic. Georgians are struggling. They literally have to choose between going to the doctor and feeding their family. That is horrendous. It is absolutely horrendous. And I agree with you. It should not be that way. How would you work with a Republican General Assembly to make this happen? Because, you know, to be honest, it's unlikely that our legislators will turn blue, unlike, say, many other statewide offices. So is this something the insurance commissioner can do on their own? Or do they need the General Assembly to back them up on it? We absolutely need the General Assembly, but we also need the governor. We need the governor's buy-in, you know, to have this expanded Medicaid. You know, on the federal level, they offered it, but we pretty much declined it because we wanted to have that little clause in there that said people that received it had to work. Well, there are so many people that are too sick to work. Mm-hmm. You know, this whole pull them up by their bootstraps BS, it doesn't work for real people. It never has. It never has, and it never will. And the ones who say that are ones that were born with the silver spoons. They were the ones who were left trust funds. They were the ones who have these long legacies. So for them, it's all about the money. It's the rich versus the poor. And the average American is left That's terrible. And I'm sure Madam Governor Stacey Abrams will be happy to work with you if you get into office and make that happen. And I look forward to calling her Madam Governor. So all fingers crossed for that outcome, which I think we've got a really great shot. And if everyone voted, as you stated, on the Democratic ticket from the top down and all the way down, we can certainly make this happen. So another important campaign initiative for you is education. Most people don't know what the insurance commissioner does. It's very true, other than setting rates. And also, most folks don't understand insurance and how it actually works, as you've already pointed out. So how would you go about educating Georgians on all of these matters? Okay, so there are several ways. First of all, I'm going to be visible. I will not get elected and disappear. But we're going to hold forums. We're going to hold in-person forums. We're going to hold virtual town halls. We're going to have just a lot of educational sessions. I'll even create a section on the website explaining your coverages. Like you have policy. How many people really understand what comprehensive coverage means? What collision coverage? People are buying things blindly. So I wanted to create Georgians that are educated consumers, because when you know better, you do better. Additionally, driving safety is important. You know, we talked about the bad drivers earlier. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to partner with some different organizations that actually offer defensive driving classes, safe driving classes, things like that. But, you know, education is just really big. And along the lines of this, financial literacy Because, you know, investments, different things like that fall under the insurance umbrella as well. So financial literacy is something that's lacking 
for a lot of our residents. It's not something that is insurance isn't something that's really taught in school. So we're going to change that. You know, I'm going to partner with educators. I'm going to go to schools, talk to the kids about it, you know, everywhere. I'm going to be everywhere, whether in person or virtually. So we have quite a few Democrats and we're actually interviewing two or three of them who are running for school superintendent. Would you need the buy-in of the Georgia State school superintendent to ensure that you have that ability to go into the schools and talk to folks about financial literacy and being able to understand their insurance bills? Yes, I will get that buy-in. I have no doubt of that, Rafael. (laughs) And another passion point for you with your campaign is equity and fairness for small business owners and entrepreneurs, especially for underrepresented and underserved communities. How would you go about ensuring that equity and fairness? Because let's face it, the current Republican regime statewide in Georgia is all about lining the pockets of corporations at the expense of the taxpayers. So how would you go about ensuring that equity and fairness for especially small business owners in underrepresented and underserved communities and communities of color, not to mention rural communities who are also suffering from the lack of attention to small businesses on the part of Republicans statewide today? What would you do and how would you do it? Thank you, Meryl, for that question. So I grew up poor. I grew up with a single mom. It was just, you know, my mom, me and my brother. And I know what it feels like not to have and to struggle. Fortunately, I got into the insurance industry and I can literally say that owning an insurance agency changed my life. Now, I'm the type of person I believe to whom much is given, much is required. So I plan to open the door for other people. It takes about $100,000 average liquid capital to open up an agency. And we know that people don't have that. And we have some really talented Georgians in rural Georgia, people of color, women, LGBTQIA. They just don't have that money. So as insurance commissioner, what I'm going to do is create a separate entity. I'm going to create a fund that's going to help provide startup money to these talented individuals. Now, agency owners stimulate the economy. The backbone of Georgia is small businesses. Although we have these corporations, the backbone of this state is small businesses. I would argue all across the country that that's- All across the country, yes, absolutely. Small business built this country. Absolutely. So this is going to stimulate the economy, is going to create jobs, is going to create better lives for people in Georgia. So that's specifically what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the spokesperson for this because, again, it changed my life. I was not born with a silver spoon, but I was blessed and fortunate enough to get into an industry in which is pretty much recession-proof. You can feed your family and you can flourish and thrive. And I'm going to do that for others. I've already been doing that. I have several people that have come up under me that I have mentored, trained, and developed that have open agencies or are in the process of opening agencies. So this isn't just a dream. 
this is something that I've been doing. And this is something I'm going to continue to do. As insurance commissioner, this gives me a much bigger platform to expand what I'm already doing. That's terrific. And you certainly have the empathy and background to get that done. So we appreciate that. Let's turn our attention for just a moment as to why so many people in Georgia and across the country and actually across the globe have not had these opportunities that other people have. For instance, underrepresented communities, underserved communities, people of color, rural communities. Why do you suppose, and I know what my answer is, but I'm curious to hear yours. Why do you you think that these folks have not had the opportunities that others have had? Well, it is a case, a classic case of the haves and the have-nots. The ones that have want to keep the have-nots out of that. So there is a lack of access. There's a lack of access. There's a lack of information. There's a lack of education. And opportunity. And opportunity. And opportunity. So the haves want to keep it to themselves. And even when it leaks out that opportunities are available, they set the bar so high that the average person can't reach it. Like I said, you know, it takes at least $100,000 nowadays to open up an agency. Most people don't have that kind of money. Or even open up a brick and mortar storefront or anything that is going to help raise the income for yourself, your family, and your community. So I was watching The Problem with Jon Stewart on Apple Plus TV, and his latest episode was on racism and systemic racism Mm. in America. And it's our entire history. They use the term, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, but those bootstraps include inherited wealth. Those bootstraps include readily available opportunities, which people of color and underserved communities do not have. They include systemic racism, which has kept people of color at the bottom of the economic ladder. So if you're not a prodigy like LeBron James, or if you don't come from money, basically you're locked out, correct? Absolutely. So what would you do to ensure that racial inequities are no longer part of our systemic systems throughout the state of Georgia? So as insurance commissioner, I can do my part when it comes to the insurance industry. You know, like I said, the equity with the rates, building up business ownership for those underserved communities, but also being a voice, being a voice in other industries, because we can be the example. We can be the example for these other industries, because the thing is, even though everybody's locked out, I mean, there's proof that when people are included, great things happen. So this is going to be a win-win for everybody. And my goal is to make Georgia one of the shining examples of how diversity and inclusion can make a world of a difference. And it can't happen unless progressive Democrats are in office. Do you believe that? Exactly. And that's one of the main reasons I'm running. Oh, well, that's fabulous. And and so was was there a, a certain light bulb moment or an epiphany or something that happened to you that made you decide to get involved in politics? Is this your first foray? Yes, this is my first foray. Into running for political office. So was there a benchmark moment that happened that made you decide to go from being a small business owner to actually making a difference for all Georgians? Yes. 
Absolutely. I'm so glad you asked that. So Congressman, civil rights activist, John Lewis, God rest his soul. He's a person that I grew up admiring. You know, I would read his books. I watched his documentaries. And in 2018, I had the privilege and the honor to hear a speech by him at the Georgia Democratic Convention. Mm. Now, when he when he he was talking, you know, he was very passionate. But one of the things he said is that, you know, he was calling for fresh blood to take up the torch that was lit by his generation and to continue the quest for a government of equality that works for all people. Now, let me tell you, his words seared my soul. I felt like he was talking directly to me. I felt as to someone who, who, for whom much has been given, much was required. And I decided that day that it was my duty to carry that torch. Well, that's an incredible story. <laughs> and we're also huge fans of John Lewis as well. And we even have the Good Trouble moniker that he coined in our name. So yes, he was a beacon of light and we miss him terribly, especially on the national, the state and national stage. So if someone wants to get involved with your campaign, if they want to donate or volunteer, where would you send them? I would send them to RaphaelBakerForGeorgia.com. Can you spell? Yes, it's spelled just like Raphael Warnock. I'm the other Raphael. So it is R-A-P-H-A-E-L-B-A-K-E-R-F-O-R-Georgia. Dot com, Raphael Baker for Georgia.com. And follow us on social media. We're on Instagram and Facebook. That is Raphael Baker for Georgia for a spelled out. And on Twitter, we are at Raphael Baker, the number four GA. And is there anything else you wanted to add about your campaign that I did not cover here today? Yes, absolutely. We have some other Democrats in the race. I would like to, you know, just advise your listeners, do your research, you know, do your research. You definitely want somebody that is experienced in this position. When you go to your doctor, you want to make sure that your doctor has the proper education, the proper licenses, the proper credentials. Well, the insurance industry is a profession, and you should have not just a licensed professional, but someone experienced. I have over 20 years of continuous experience. Now, there's other candidates that have been in the industry and may have been licensed as long, but they do not have that continuous experience. The insurance industry is an industry that is constantly changing. And if you're not actively a part of it, you don't know what's going on. And if Mm. you don't know what's going on, you cannot affect change. So do your research. And anything that I've said, you, you can look me up, Google me. I have what I call receipts for everything. And I am literally on both sides, the most qualified candidate in this race. Fantastic. Well, thank you for that. And finally, and I ask all my guests this question, and they always tell me it's, it's the hardest question to answer. <laughs> but tell tell us a fun fact about Raphael, just something fun and interesting that doesn't have to necessarily do with your work or your campaign. 
share something interesting about you that our listeners may want to learn about. Okay. So a fun fact. So that's easy for me because, you know, although I'm serious a lot of times, I'm also human. I'm a person before I'm a politician. So I love to have fun. So a fun fact about me, I am the karaoke king. I love karaoke. No. (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) Wow. Do you go to all the karaoke places and participate? And how long has this been going on? This has been going on for over 10 years. So I grew up, uh, you know, loving music. Um, I, I used to sing back in the day. I was part of a singing group. So this is something I've been doing karaoke for about 10 years. I've gone to a lot of karaoke bars. Um, I was even hosting an event for about a year. They called it Wind Down Wednesday. So I was the karaoke host, but I also participated. I went to Nashville a few months ago, and it was during the Country Music Awards. And the place that they had the karaoke bar was like right across the street from where the awards were taking place. This place had a stage and everything. You could not tell me I was not singing on the Grammys. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's so cool. I I, I guess you can't really make a living doing that, but what a hobby. Oh, yes. I love it. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you, Raphael, for joining us today and sharing more about your critical work to support Georgians and maintain our democracy. We appreciate your candidacy, sir. I'm Meryl Clark, and on behalf of our team, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to the North Georgia Blue podcast. To learn more about us and the work that we're doing, visit us online at FannonCountyGeorgiaDemocrats.com, all spelled out. Share the North Georgia Blue podcast with your friends and family. Be sure to subscribe and follow. And if you enjoy our podcast, be a founding patron and friend of the show at NorthGeorgiaBluePodcast.com slash patron. Now with three different giving levels to choose from, offering cool swag, recognition on the show and website, and valuable gift cards to help us continue getting into more good trouble. 